0: some of the most complex scripture-based concepts and application of scripture that you will ever find. So, if you feel like your head hurts, that's okay. God will help it to not hurt. But if you really want to get your head hurt, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to dive into some of the terminology that is so complex, unless you understand what he's talking about. Um, I'm not great at math, but I've seen some math equations that are just crazy looking. Mm-hmm. I was studying um, supply management in my master's course, and they had, in supply management, they had equations, algebraic equations, and they had all these fancy terms and big, long equations, and then I got into it, come to the study, and realized that, those were just saying like building plus um, uh, equipment It became very, very simplistic, almost like, oh, that's what they're saying. It looked crazy complex until you understood what they were talking about. And it was like, oh, duh, okay, I got it. I want you to get to that point of comfort in the scriptures to where it makes sense to you. I don't want scriptures to be a mystery to you. I want them to be clear. I want them to be powerful because the more you understand the scripture, the more effect scripture will have in your life. Can you yeah. say amen to that? Amen. Okay, can everyone see the board okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I'm going to read several verses in the new uh, the King James Version and the words will make your head hurt, I promise. We'll go to the New Living Translation, just for some clarity. We'll come back to the King James Version, because um, for all of the archaic terminology of the King James Version, um, it is renowned for its accuracy, as long as you understand the the turn of speech of the old King's English uh, versus today's modern English, right? So let's study this with an open heart, open mind. Ask God to give us wisdom tonight. Hebrews 1 and 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Right there, pause, old English, sundry times, divers manners. What does that mean? Long time ago. <laughs> in many ways, at many times, and in many ways, basically. <laughs> sundry
1: how do you make raisins? Right? <laughs> yes,
0: I mean that's true. Verse two, hath these days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. What is an heir? A person, a person. A person. Pardon me? An inheritor, Receiver of an inheritance. Uh-huh. When does an inheritance become active? Uh-huh. When somebody dies. Totally going to make your head hurt. <laughs> if the son is made heir of all things that would imply that the father is going to die someday can that happen absolutely not god is eternal Mm -hmm. he has no beginning no no end he is god Mm -hmm. so if you take this at face value and start trying to build a doctrine to explain scripture instead of letting scripture explain doctrine to you, Mm -hmm. you're going to get way out on a limb here. Because if you say that this is actual literal terminology, then you're saying that the father is expecting to die someday. And that the son will inherit everything that the father has. Mm -hmm. That can't happen. All right, verse two, hath in these days spoken to us unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. I'm sorry, let me stop there again. Either it means the father's going to die or the son is just a token inheritance and he'll never have any power. <coughs> no. Does the son of God have power? Yes. Yes. In fact, he said all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Wait, wait, wait. All power is given unto me. Did he say shall be given unto me? No, He said all power is given unto me. Something happened to cause the son to inherit the promise. Uh Uh Somebody had to die. Uh It wasn't the father. No. All right. By whom also he made the world's. 1 John one. in the beginning was the word. Word, word, and the word was with God, uh, God. With God and the word was, was, God. was God. How does it say in Spanish? Does anyone remember? <laughs> en el principio era el verbo, y el verbo era con Dios, y el verbo era this. In the beginning was the verb, the word of action of God. And the word of action was with God, and the word of action was God. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. Who's the brightness of whose glory? We got pronouns going on here. His son is the brightness of the father's glory. Without the son, you cannot see God's glory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like we turn these lights off. Or better yet, put a cover on them. That light can be burning, but you can't see it. Without the sun, the glory of God could not be seen by mankind. That's the key, friend. Think about it. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, the invisible God became visible. He is the brightness of the Father's glory. To see God, wait a minute, Philip. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Can you or I separate the brightness of light from light itself? No, No. it's one and the same. We see light because it's bright. There are some lights that we can't see and a spectrum, color spectrum that we can't see. This light right here, these lights, they are, what we see is the brightness of light, Okay? You cannot separate light from brightness. The brightness of the light is the light itself. You cannot separate the Son of God from God Himself. Jesus is the visible brightness of the light of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. We need our plate, please. Plato's coming out. Amen. God. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head is sitting back there. Uh,
2: What's yes. that first word written before "spirit" in the middle? I can't make out that word. This one? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, no, on the top where it says "spirit." What is that second word? That. No, the one on the next column where it says "something and spirit." Oh, is it real?
0: Flesh and spirit. Flesh. Okay, Sorry, but I couldn't. That's my down. hand pick. <laughs> no, that's
2: okay. I just wanted to make sure I wrote
0: <laughs> okay, down the Thank right you. Hand. Good. Spirit, flesh, and spirit. Back to spirit. <laughs> Okay. Commercial.
2: Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> got? Anybody?
0: Play do play. we have
2: Play
0: We have Play <laughs> <laughs> We have Play What is Play Doh good for?
2: <laughs> Make a mess. <laughs>
0: Play-Doh is good for molding something, yes? The other term for this is usually called modeling clay, or something to that effect. This is not technically modeling clay, but you get the idea. It is used to make images of something or just to play and have fun, right? We did this before, let's do it again. That's a super good impression. Can you see?
2: I need to get you a lighter color, maybe a dark.
0: Easy enough. Can you see fingerprints in there? Handprints. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You don't see handprints in there? Or swirls. Can you see my hands? My hand yellow? No. But really, good light, you can see the swirls. <coughs> Are you looking at my hands? No. This yellow thing? <laughs> Are you looking at my hands? Anyone? <laughs> No, tell no. me I don't have a yellow hand.
2: No, no.
0: It's really, really close There's This light, you can see, but you can see that. There. Actual handprint. FBI could actually identify me from that image right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> FBI could tell it wasn't Brother Sullivan that did this, nor Sister Dolores that did this, nor anyone else. How can they tell it's me? It's the impression that I left on this clay. And even though you cannot see my right hand right now, because it's behind my back, you know what my hand looks like. Not every detail. Friend, we do not understand all the details of God. There's no way to understand all the details of God. He's beyond understanding. But he revealed to us enough to say, "I'm your God, and this is me." Amen. There is no question that Jesus Christ was and is the Son of God. Amen. He is the handprint of God. He is the all the little marks, that identifying whorls, and what are the other things called on the fingerprints? I remember four. Um, the the curves and the the raised lines that make up the handprint and the fingerprint and the essential oils that come off the hand. They're also on there. You can get my DNA off of that if you try it real hard. You can identify God by looking at Jesus. Never having seen God, we know who God is. And we believe never having seen even Jesus Christ himself but he loved us enough to reveal himself to us, to prove to us he's real. Amen. And that he loves us enough mm-hmm. to give himself to die for us. All right. <clears throat> We're back here in verse three, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Unless I'm mistaken, this is the only place in Scripture, in the King James Version, that uses the term person regarding God. Now, one thing I will insist on, and I am very serious about this, when we talk about the Bible and when we talk about God, I want us to use the Scripture. Amen. Encyclopedias are great references. Dictionaries are fun to go and look up words and meanings. But when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to teaching, we need to stick to the scriptures. Amen. Now, if you're explaining algebra to a four-year-old, can you give them all the details?
2: No, no, no. no.
0: Are they going to understand it? No. 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 Is it okay to take an abstract concept like algebra and illustrate it with slices of an apple, pieces of an orange, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and help a child understand the concepts of math without going into technical terms? Is it okay to do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter was preaching to the Jews, and he took them back to the prophets, and he led them forward to Jesus Christ, and he ended up with that powerful, You have crucified the Lord of glory. Yeah. They were pricked in their hearts, says the Old English, they were smitten in their conscience. Mm-hmm. And they said, Men and brethren,
2: what shall we do?
0: What shall we do? Mm-hmm. Do you think Peter had time to go into a long expo? He'd already preached a relatively long message. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have been good for him to go into the expose that he went into in First Peter? where it talks about baptism does not wash away the filth of the flesh, but rather it's an appeal to God for a clean conscience. First Peter, the the church is already established and growing and maturing, and he's able to write some really powerful and deep things about baptism. Mm -hmm. But on the day of Pentecost, people who did not understand Jesus Christ. They still thought of him as son of the carpenter until that message came forth. You have crucified the Lord of glory. Oh no, we killed the very God of glory. The Lord of glory, not God, the Lord of glory. Now they're in this position of repentance that they're feeling Bad in their hearts for what they've done. They want to avoid the wrath of God. They don't need a 40-page expose of what baptism means.
2: Amen.
0: They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? We are ready to obey the word of God. Just tell us what to do.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Then Peter said unto them, repent and, and, be be
2: baptized, baptized, and be
0: baptized every one, every one of you in the name, in the name of, the Lord, of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, remission of sins and
2: you shall receive, shall receive the gift
0: of the Holy Ghost for the promises of you, you and to your children and unto all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call
2: Amen. Amen.
0: dot 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 and with these and any other words he exhorted them saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Right. There's a lot more to the preaching, but that's what jumped out. and That's what God recorded in scripture. That's what was necessary to do. Amen. So right. it's okay to simplify terms. Mm-hmm. It's okay To use descriptors, if I preach repentance to you, I don't have to go into the thirty different words in Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek that talk about. There's more than thirty. That talk about what repentance means. It means the missing the mark. It, It means turning away from your sin. It means feeling sorrow. It means so many things, different little nuances depending on the word that you. He didn't have to go into all that. It's okay to say, give your life to God, to someone who knows nothing about the scripture. What do I need to do? You need to give your life to the Lord. Okay, I'm ready. But you better be able to back it up, the scripture. That's the key. Amen. Men and brethren, what shall we do? He didn't go into all the deepness of Scripture, but he gave them crisp and precise commandments, and he told them what they needed to do to achieve the grace of God in their lives. Uh-huh. Amen. So if you are witnessing to somebody, you don't have to pull out a theological reference and go into a 40-hour-long Bible study if the Holy Ghost is gripping their heart, talk to them like a friend to a friend. Until they get to that point, what do I need to do? That's right. Repent. Mm-hmm. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll teach you what all that means later. You don't have to understand it. You just have to have enough faith to accept it and to obey. Mm-hmm. And then I'll teach you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Then I'll teach you. If we use terms, let's be scriptural. Please. Amen. Let's stick to the Word of God. A lot of really smart people out there, lots more than I ever will be. But you know what? The Scripture was not given by private interpretation. Amen. That's right. It's the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And we need to stick to the Word of God mm-hmm. to explain these things. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pull out dictionaries. And I don't have a plot of references. I'm going to keep hearing the word. Fair enough? Amen. Amen. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The sun is the express image of the person of God. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do a Google search? You can if you want to use technology there. Break my own rule. Is there any other place in scripture that refers to the person of God in those words? It took about 80 years before people started putting together explanations. So they thought were explanations mm-hmm. for what it meant to be the person of God. The apostles had to die before new definitions or new terms could be introduced. Because, you see, the apostles held firmly to the original doctrine. Jude said the doctrine was given once unto the saints, and we must be willing to contend for the faith that's how much it meant to them the apostles those who walked with the Lord Jesus Christ those who were in that early church uh, council uh, that, 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 that led the, the development Amen. of the understanding of doctrine of the grace of God these men uh, said we will fight for this doctrine Amen. we will hold to the doctrine which was delivered once to the saints Amen. Hallelujah. it took their deaths before other things could come into the church.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: Think about that. What does person imply? Help me out. Pardon me? Mm-hmm. An individual being. An individual being. Yes? Is that a spirit? If someone meets an apparition, do they say, I just saw a person? Or do they say I just saw a ghost? A ghost. ghost. A ghost. A spirit has neither what flesh nor bones. They just don't have it. A person is a physical entity. The Father is He visible or invisible? Invisible. I mean, out quickly, everyone. Invisible is the father, invisible or visible. Invisible. invisible. He's invisible. He does not have a person, if you will. Right. Jesus Christ is the express image of the Father's person. When you start separating them, it's where the confusion comes in. Amen. Now if you want to simplify it and stipulate that person means entity, I'll take that. Because a spirit is an entity, but it's not a body. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the express, the exact, identical image of the Father. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. Colossians 2. Who has that? Somebody have collections too. I do. What verse? Oh, yes, what verse is that? Yeah. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There, verse 9. Verse
1: 9. Verse 9, read it. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily.
0: Who's he talking about? Jesus Christ.
1: In Jesus
0: Christ, in him, dwells what?
2: All the fullness.
0: All the fullness of what? Of the Godhead Godhead. Godhead. bodily. How many times is the word Godhead used in the scriptures? Pop quiz. (laughs) Precisely three times. It's not a common term. The Godhead refers to God. Colossians 2 verse 9 says that in Jesus Christ dwells all. Say all. All all the fullness or the completeness of what? Of
2: the Godhead.
0: Bodily. The Unitarians, you see the Unitarian Universalist Church here on 410 and I 10, been there as long as I've been in San Antonio. I think Unitarian will tell you that when Jesus Christ was on this earth, heaven was empty. They take it to an extreme, they take Colossians 2 and 9 to say that when God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, that the heavens were empty. That's how much they understand and they do understand a certain concept that Jesus Christ is the image of God. They understand that he's not a part of God. They understand he is God, manifest, revealed in the flesh. But they just take it too far when they say, well, the heavens emptied themselves into Jesus Christ. It doesn't say that all of the Godhead dwells in him. It says all of the fullness, all of the completeness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus Christ in bodily form. He is the express image of his person. The invisible God was made visible in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Who's the majesty? Who's the majesty? God. 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 The Father? Stipulate that. Yes. Who, Jesus Christ, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I take you back in heaven. How many thrones are there? One. 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 Who is sitting on that throne? God. Jesus, Christ Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne. If you are literally saying that Jesus Christ literally sat down scoot over here, at the right hand of somebody. That's me and that's... Raise your hand. Oh, that's two of us. And unless they're squeezing on the throne. There's only one throne. Only one sitting on the throne. That is Jesus Christ. So... We've identified problems here. We've identified that if you take this just plain, straight up literal terms, that the father is going to die. Or that the son is just a figurehead and he's never going to have power because the father is not going to die. Can't have it both ways. If Jesus Christ is the heir, it implies that the Father is going to pass an inheritance to him. An inheritance happens typically after death. To death. Mm-hmm. So you've got to understand that this is speaking symbolically. It is speaking of the roles that we talked about: Father. The invisible spirit was revealed in the visible flesh as his son. The work of the father's creation and authority and power. The work of the son is redemption. The shedding of the blood of the Lamb of God. Uh, uh, putting all things under his feet. Rising victorious out of the grave with power. The work of the Spirit of God. Again invisible. He is now back in that invisible state that God is natural in. God is a spirit. When he was done with the work of the flesh, the Son of God, the Son of God was glorified and taken up into heaven. And the next time he interacts with the church, with his disciples, is as the Holy Spirit of God. Same God, same spirit, same entity, if you will, doing different things. Creating, governing, loving us enough to reveal himself to us and actually give himself the flesh,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: his own son. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the flesh of God was his own son. Mm -hmm. The father was in the son and was the son. Different roles. Same God. When the flesh was man was glorified. Now he comes to us, not in the body of Christ. He comes to us in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Same God. So the son appointed heir of all things. Is he talking about an entity or is he talking about the role of the son? I submit to you he's talking about the role of the Son, mm-hmm. Because friend, redemption is the story that God has for mankind. Amen. That's the end game. Yeah. That is what God did all this for. Amen. Is to redeem us from our sins. Amen. And he poured all of his power and glory and majesty into the work of the cross. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Therefore the role of the Son. The redemptive work of God inherits all the power and all the glory. And when he's all done, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Again, if we're speaking literally, then there's got to be two thrones or a throne big enough to hold two. And it doesn't talk about two, it talks about one throne. It's not hard to understand figures of speech, folks. Right hand man, old term, not a sexist term. That's applied to women as well as men, right? He's my right hand man. What does that mean? A man growing out of my right hand? No, no. It means someone who is vitally important to me, who executes on my behalf, who, who does what I ask him to do. The right hand of power. It is, again, a the Jew understood when they said the right hand of the glory of God. They knew what the right hand of glory meant. It meant the position of exalted power. And Jesus said that all power is given to me in heaven. So, all this to say, if you take things at pure face value without understanding who this is, how God is working with us, what role is being described, your head's gonna explode. It's like an ambassador to the United States. doctors you uh, when they when ambassador goes to another country, he's representing the president of the United States
2: mm-hmm. and the
0: country of the United States to another to another head of state. You're saying Jesus Christ was ambassador. Well, I'm saying is that um. Uh, In a, you could say that, in a sense, you could use that term. I'm we are, we not are ambassadors of Christ. Yes, Christ is not the ambassador right. of God; He is God. He is God. I know where you're going with that, but yeah. the, He's the helping us see something we can't yeah. see. Right? Yeah, right. So, okay. Anyone ever remember the story of Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. The legend of Sleepy Hollow. Legend to Sleepy Hollow. Try not to let it. Pretty horrible story. <laughs> yeah. There's a better one. It's called the Invisible Man. Oh yeah. How about the Invisible Man? You ever remember the Invisible Man? What was the story premise of the Invisible Man? The only way you could see was he had some clothes on. <laughs> if he had clothes on, you could see his shape, you couldn't see his face, just a hat on the head. And no hands coming out of the sleeves. But you could see this thing walking around because it had shirts and pat and coat on, right? Yeah. Not to trivialize God. That's exactly. How you can understand it. It wasn't. Two different gods. It was the same God invisible. That dressed himself. In clothes. Clothing and flesh. So that we could see. And when he was done with the flesh. What happened to the flesh? It was glorified. And he ascended up in heaven. And he is again. As he always has been, God. So, the body of flesh of Jesus Christ are the clothes of the invisible man. The clothes don't make a shape, they conform to the shape, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You could see the invisible man walk in here. You wouldn't think it was a horse, mm-hmm. you would think it was a man, because mm-hmm. the clothes conform to the shape of that invisible man. Jesus Christ is the visible part of the invisible God. And he came, he showed us his glory. Again, remember he's the brightness of his glory. You can't see the glory of God without seeing Jesus Christ. He's the visible part of God to us. Mm-hmm. But understand that God is not just a temporary thing. That that's where some people go astray as well. Remember that mm-hmm. fancy word for temporary manifestations of God in human form? Mm-hmm. Anyone remember that Theophany? word? There you go, thank you. A plus. <laughs> Theophany. That's a word that we came up with, human beings came up with to mm-hmm. explain that. Uh, God has many times revealed himself. Mm-hmm. In human form, yes uh, Abraham lot Sodom Gomorrah, that era, God revealed himself in a human form that could walk, talk, eat. but did that human form persist? No. And did that was a human form born? No. God said, poof, I'm now a man for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, The huge difference here, you've got to embrace this. Jesus Christ is not a theophany. He's not a temporary manifestation of God. He is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. And that's what makes Jesus Christ different from any other temporary manifestation. This was not a temporary manifestation. This was God causing life to be born in a virgin. That virgin brought forth a son. They called his name Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was God and man, flesh and spirit. The visible part of the invisible God. Amen. And just as importantly as being visible to us is the fact that the flesh could die. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Otherwise there would be no Lamb of God. The Lamb of God is not eternal. The Lamb of God was human. Flesh, bones, blood when the sacrifice was complete, Mary, don't touch me. Not yet ascended to the Father. When the work was completed, when the blood was sprinkled before the holiness of God, the work of the Son. Be careful, that the work of the Son was not done the redemptive work of the son was done. Mm-hmm. The son's work will remain to the scripture you were talking about, first Corinthians chapter 15, where it says that at the end, when it's all said and done, the son will give all things back to the Father. Go oh, there. Mm-hmm. That's fine, John. First Corinthians 15. First part of the chapter is talking about the gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ died, was buried, rose again, was seen, uh, upwards of 500 people. Then he goes into a strong, strong promise about our resurrection, just like Christ was resurrected. We will be resurrected someday. Thank God for that. Amen. Um, We're in 1 Corinthians 15, going down to... Oh, pick a verse, verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. By man? By what man came death? Adam. Adam. Also known as the first Adam. Mm-hmm. Who is the second Adam? Jesus Christ. Christ. Death came by the first Adam. Resurrection came by the second Adam. Praise God. Amen. Jesus Christ came to undo the damage of sin. Amen. Verse 22 For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Oh, what a powerful, glorious promise. Amen. Verse
2: 23.
0: But Every man in his own order. Christ the first roots. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. He's just saying, hey, Christ had to resurrect first by his own power. Destroy the power of death. Now we can participate in that at his coming. We will also be resurrected with Christ. Verse 24. Oh, here we go. Ready? Let's read verse 23 again. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Next verse. Then cometh the end. end. We see clearly described the work of the Son until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ when we will be resurrected with Christ through the power of God's resurrection. Mm -hmm. And then comes the end. The end of what? The end of the work of the Son. Because right after the rapture of the church. Amen. Prophecy does not show people preaching Acts 2.38. Amen. After the rapture of the church. That's right. After the rapture of the church. Those who are saved under a different dispensation, different way of God dealing with mankind. Mm -hmm. You see some that receive the mark of God in their forehead versus the mark of the beast. But almost invariably they end in martyrdom. Whole different time. You don't want to be here during that time. Trust me. You want to be with Christ in glory. Amen. Amen. Then cometh the end. When he Christ shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, hold on. We just sang the song, First Timothy. Now unto the King, eternal. Help me out. The King, eternal, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Be honor and glory for how long? Forever and ever. Amen. To be a king, you've got to have a throne. Uh To be a king, you've got to have power and authority. If the son gives up his power and authority, literally abdicates the throne, like they're hoping Prince Charles will do. He wouldn't be God anymore. Is it possible that Jesus Christ couldn't stop being God? course not. This says. Then will the end come. When he. Christ. Shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. Even the father. It's not hard to understand my friend. Hold on. Ready. Father. Spirit was made flesh. in the son. He came. He lived among. We saw his glory. Glory is the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's the work of redemption. And when the work of redemption is completed, then the son will deliver up the kingdom to God. In other words, the work of the son of God is complete. And we reach the state of which it is said truly, he is all. And all. There is no longer separation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Visible versus invisible. It's done. The story of humanity is winding down and the redemptive work of Christ is done. Mm-hmm. And he gives the kingdom to God, even the Father, when He shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. How can He put down rule and authority and power when all power is given unto Him in heaven and earth? Exactly. Verse 25 For He must reign till He hath put all enemies under His feet. Hold on. Are you suggesting that Christ? Will not reign forever. That's not what John saw in heaven. He's not talking about literally giving up his kingship, his power, his authority. It's talking about the work of the Son yielding back to the invisible Spirit of Almighty God. It's not that complicated. I'm done with the work of redemption. Now we're moving into a new phase.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Heaven's going to melt with fervent heat. New heavens, new earth, what God has planned, I has not seen, yours not heard.
2: Mm-hmm. how
0: God deals with us folks. Old Testament, invisible. New Testament, revealed in the flesh, back to the spirit. Thank God that he's given us a foretaste Of glory divine, as the old hymn says. Amen. By the Spirit of God. It says that he has given us a down payment. What is earnest money? When you're buying a house, what is earnest money? Mm -hmm. It's secure Mm -hmm. money, to secure security. Say, I'm going to buy this house. Right? Sometimes it's only 500 bucks. Sometimes it's tens of thousands of dollars. You're going to walk away from 10 or $20,000, earnest money? You're serious when you say, here's earnest money. I'm not backing out. God said, I'm giving you a portion of my spirit to promise you. I'm not backing out. I go, but I will come again for you. Hallelujah. Amen.
2: There's
0: and that little bit of the spirit of God that is in you, I say little bit. He gives the spirit without measure. But, friend, it's a little bit compared to the great, big, awesome God that he is. Amen. That earnest money, that down payment of the Holy Ghost is going to usher us into heaven, into eternity. And we will be like him for we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. That's a whole different way of dealing with his creation. Amen. Earnest money now becomes full-fledged investment. Praise God. Over here, he's given us a taste of his glory through the power of the spirit of God. Again here, he dealt with us externally. He said, I'm with you, but then I will be Amen. in you. He's given us the power of his spirit. Amen. And when the work of redemption is done and the work of the son is folded back into God, then it's just gone. Verse 28 verse 27. And he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he has accepted which did put all things under him. That's Mm -hmm. old English. You know what it's saying? Plain English. He put all things under his feet, but it's clear that when he says that, he's not talking about the one that gave him the power to put all things under him. You can't put God the Father under the authority of anybody he is God and friend if you have three co-equal parts of God how can one subject himself to the authority of the other you're no longer God if you subject yourself to the authority, friend. He's talking about the fact, the work of the Son of God. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, friend. God poured his power into redemption. He went all in on the concept of the redemption. Amen. But when redemption is done, the work of the Son is done. And it goes back simply to God being God and all things.
1: Questions
2: Questions. Yes, sir. I question Matt to me it's like the king sent someone on a
1: mission. And to do that mission, he had to have supernatural power. And to do that mission, he had to employ complete obedience. Which he did. But, also to to complete that mission, he had to die.
2: After everything was said and done, And he rose from the dead and did everything else that he was supposed to do. He came back to the father and he said to the king, they said, oh, king, I've completed the mission that you sent me on. That doesn't mean that he's completed everything and that's all that he's going to do. That just means that that particular thing that he did is done. The role of the son is complete. Yes. Right. 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 right.
0: Yep. That to me, what, what that means. Because <clears throat> at some point, again, when we are with God in heaven for eternity, are we going to be preaching Acts 238?
2: No. Are
0: we going to be preaching with Matthew 28,
2: 19? No. <laughs> are
0: we be preaching anything else about the gospel? No. We're living the gospel at that point. I right
1: think now. it will be remembered.
0: Remembered, yes. Yeah, yeah. But are we, there's no indication, I'm not trying to write scripture, yeah. but there's no indication that we're going to be preaching the gospel to some other part of creation. Yeah. <coughs> right? <laughs> this is man's story. This is humanity's story. Uh-huh. And God started writing it before the foundation of the world. Yes.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. At the cross, that was the culmination of his
0: sacrifice, the burial, the resurrection, the culmination of his power, again, taking back power, he never lost it, but we gave power to the devil through sin, uh-huh. and God said, nah, no, I'm taking it all, uh-huh. I have the keys of death and hell, reminding the devil, walking into the devil's own house, and saying, I own you, uh-huh. and I'm going to lock you up someday and cast you hell. So, he came. He worked. Mm-hmm. When redemption is complete and we are with Christ in heaven, the story of redemption becomes the thing that God is to heaven and the testament, the everlasting testament of the amazing power, glory, and love of God to us. But the work is done. We're now in a different phase in heaven with Christ. Uh, <clears throat> A little off the subject. <laughs> Way off somewhat.
2: <laughs>
0: There's not much said in scripture after the uh on the Mount of Transfiguration. There's not much said about that afterwards. And what was the purpose of that? Because you notice it's not it happened, but they don't talk any much more about it. You know why they don't talk much more about it? No, I mean, hey, now I mean, this what I'm just going to say it in a human term, okay? Now, if I'm with, you know, your teacher, right, and you got, you know, us here, and you went somewhere, and all of a sudden you transform. You know, I became a believer. Okay. It was like, <laughs> like <laughs> I have never seen it like that before. Okay. But I was wondering why the reason it's not spoken of is because that was talking as a precursor of what was going to happen three days later, four days later, just at the peace of and Christ Himself died, buried, or rose again. That's bigger than Transfiguration. We're just talking about those things in the second. Uh, I have to find the passage. Someone find Mark 9 quickly, Mark 9. Who oh, has yes. Who will do Mark Nine? Quickly, I got it. Jerry. Someone else find Matthew seventeen. I'll do Matthew seventeen. Matthew seventeen, Brother Halfling. Someone else find Luke nine. I'll get it. Sister Solomon, Luke Nine. Matthew Matthew seventeen. Mark nine. Matthew seventeen. Matthew seventeen. Matthew's
1: Mark nine, what verse? Let me know what the yeah, what verse? What? Hold on? on.
0: I don't want to read all 13 verses just for the sake of time just give me a second. Matthews. What? Hold on. Matthews, 17. 17. Okay. okay. Um, Jared Reed verses
1: 1 through 9. Do you want King James or is yes, James. Or King James. Okay. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into an high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And suddenly when they had looked round about, they saw no man anymore, save Jesus only with themselves. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen till the son of man were risen from the dead.
0: So there's the story. I'm gonna skip that, tell the same story. Mm-hmm. Go to Luke chapter 9, sister, and Luke 9, verses 28 through 31. Listen carefully.
2: And it came to pass about eight days after these things, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. Who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at
0: Jerusalem? There you go. That's what the transfiguration was all about. They came. Moses and Elijah. What are these two men? What do they have in common? They were taking No. What do Moses and Elijah have in common? They wrote the law. Being, well, prophets—a big thing that they shared in common. Didn't see,
1: death. didn't see death.
0: Neither of them died. Well, Moses died; was carried away by the hand of God. Elijah was carried, carried up into heaven, right? So God took care of them at their moment of death or translation up right. into heaven. Mm-hmm. Very important, yes. Prophets, yes. The, the lawgivers, yes. Um, So many things they do share in the kingdom of God. But God chose for the spirit of Moses and Elijah. Remember, God holds our spirits when we die. Dust to dust and the spirit returns to God who gave it. God holds us in his hand. And he allowed Moses and Elijah to come and appear on that mountain with Christ. And Christ was transfigured. This was a foretaste of what John would see on the Isle of Patmos after the glorification of Christ, right? This was a foretelling, and I believe it was for James, Peter, and John's sake, just like the baptism of Jesus was for John's sake, nobody else's. When they appeared, these three men, if you will, Transfigured, glistering, white, shining, whiter than any folder, of the, the wash person, right? The, the soap and the beating, the, the cleansing. No one can make robes that white. And they spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Elijah and Moses and Jesus talked about everything that would happen Jesus already knew that's why he was able to pray that Bible That's like
1: Luke what? Luke chapter
0: 9 verse 31 31 I like that. that's, that's why they don't talk about it afterwards because there was this looking ahead and the real event happens yeah.
2: okay. I like that scripture that says in the volume of the book and it's it is written
0: Yes. Good stuff. Questions. Is this making sense?
1: Yes. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I right do <on a> <laughs> <Right. laughs> You don't understand this precisely and yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't think God's going to hold everything against you anymore than um fact that he gave brother battle the ability to pass the nursing exam <laughs> <laughs> classes working on the board right mm-hmm. i don't know if i could pass that exam or not
2: <laughs>
0: there are some things that people have advanced understandings and knowledge and some of us don't have those things that's fine what does matter is that you believe how many gods are there one, one. you believe that god is one you do well Devils also believe and they tremble not. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You've got to believe in one God. Now I do believe that you must recognize God for who He is. And I believe that you must recognize that God came in the flesh, revealed Himself to us, Amen. loved us, lived with us and for us, and died for us. Rose
2: again.
0: I believe that you have to obey the gospel death, burial, resurrection. I believe that you need to understand that it's the same God. I really do.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And I pray that your understanding grows as you learn more about Christ so that you can understand these things again. Resist the urge to go buy a book to try to explain the Godhead. The Bible explains the Godhead principle.
2: That's
0: right. You don't need anything outside of the scriptures to no. explain the Godhead. People debate some of the silliest things. Back in the Middle Ages, there was a big thing at one point. All of the scholars, the religious preachers and pastors would get together and debate doctrinal things. If you can imagine, Elder Smith, Brother Finger, Bapling, me, Brother Pastor Scamia, all sitting around, being very spiritual. Guess what they discussed at one point? It was a big doctrinal debate. How many angels are How many angels can dance on the head of a pen? (laughs) Seriously, they spent decades debating how many angels could dance on the head of a pen. May I ask, do angels dance? Yep. Scripture doesn't say. (laughs) May I ask, why would an angel want to dance on the head of a pen? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> these are the nonsensical things that get into people you know why they get in people's minds because the devil comes to distract from yep. the things that matter yeah. in the word That's right. That's amen right. Right. amen mm-hmm. I know preachers who are less smarter than I ever will be who go into all sorts of doctrinal turns and um, it is informative and Interesting to see Mm -hmm. the doctrinal errors that people have drifted into. Again, the church was right, folks. The church was right. Peter did not make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Can you say amen to that? Peter did not make a mistake. John did not make a mistake. Paul did not make a mistake. Jude did not make a mistake. The scriptures that were given to us, the gospel that was given to us, the truth that was given to us once always. That is the truth. I don't need anything beyond the word of God Amen. to get me to heaven. Uh, Does the word of God tell us everything to know about God? No. The writer said if all the works of Christ were written down, all the books in the world wouldn't suffice. i granted, they have fewer books than they have now. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can take everything about God and put it in a book. So we're going to learn a whole lot about God when we get heaven.
2: We'll have eternity
0: to try to learn more about God and Amen. still don't understand God. But my friends, what you do need to get you to heaven is
2: right
0: here. Mm-hmm. It's in the scriptures. Amen. What you need for forgiveness of sins is right here in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. What you need for resurrection from the dead Right here in the scriptures. Yeah. Amen. 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 Don't you need to teach you how to live a holy life? Amen. And hear the scriptures. Amen. Yeah. A lot of good books, a lot of good references. Friend, you can get wound up in all sorts of error. I did a quick Google search, and my heart hurt. To see people, I don't use the word blathering, but they were blathering. Trying to explain God, not using the scriptures to it. Like people go to the scripture. That's not what the scripture says. Uh-huh. Just go to the scriptures. Uh-huh. And if you're going to use terms, terminology, uh, euphemisms, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Something easy to understand for somebody that doesn't understand God, uh, that's fine to a certain extent you've got to be prepared to follow it up with scripture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We we're discussing we had a luncheon the other day. Some, uh, It was more of a ministerial focused luncheon. And I challenge folks, when we when people use the term, accept the Lord as your savior, mm-hmm. that's a very common term, is it not? Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me one place in scripture where it says, accept the Lord as your personal savior? nope. It's <laughs> not there. Not there. There's some terms that allude to accepting Him, which, if you understand the concept, means you're accepting His role as your Lord and Savior. It's not about repeating some words and shaking the Pastor's hand. It's right accepting God's role in your life. And friend, when those words are used, it's followed up with action.
2: Right. And also, where do they have the sinner's prayer? I've heard a lot of people preachers will say, just come up and re- repeat the sinner's prayer and you're saved. I've never heard where it says you got to learn a sinner's prayer to be saved. The sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. Like
0: a that's, that's a... That's what I'm talking about, one of those easy to understand yeah. things, right?
2: That's the get out of jail free card. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's easier to say, pray the sinner's prayer, than it is to say, repent, and the son says, well, what does it mean to repent? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So we give it this lightweight approach. The problem with that is people walk away all too often thinking mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. One more quick. Can we, can we? It's can we go quickly? Uh, Acts chapter 10. But it's on your, your point there. I'll wrap that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's, where's, where's the... I should know this my brain is tired. Where's the, the jailer? Mm-hmm. And if you Google where
1: to the sentence prayer in the Bible and it's say it's found over. It's found over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, what are some other terms that are not found in Scripture? Trinity. Is the word "Trinity" ever used nope. in the Bible? Nope, never
2: in
0: the
1: Bible. No. You say we don't believe in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. There, there's a spaghetti
0: Western called. Actually, the house that I live in, the floor plan is called the Trinity. But it's the Trinity River. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> so I go home every night. Best <laughs> yeah. me, Father, I've sinned. My brain. <laughs> I guess this everything is this it's not in the Bible that That's
1: the whale swallowed Jonah. They said it's not in the Bible? I'm sorry? That the whale swallowed Jonah? Oh, well, nice. it
0: says a big fish. In the, big fish. fish. In the, <laughs> way, the
1: same whale and a right. big fish.
0: That could be argued. The whale is a big, big, big fish. fish. But yeah, yeah. Acts chapter 16. Go so read Acts
1: 16 quickly.
0: Um, here we go. Verse 26 there's a great earthquake. The foundation of the prison was shaken. Yes, you know the story, right? Yes. Verse 28 Paul cried with a loud voice Do thyself no harm. We all hear. Dun, 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 dun. Verse 30, he brought out Paul and Silas and said, What? What, was, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? What does Paul respond? To? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. <laughs> There's that lightweight sentence, that phrase saying, Got to believe on Jesus Christ, uh-huh. and you will be saved. Uh-huh. What did what happened after that? Was that all that he preached? No, no. Mm-hmm. And when preaching that does not bring forth any action, not very good preaching. That's right. Faith without works is what dead. dead. If I tell you something and it sparks no reaction in you. I haven't communicated well That's
1: right.
0: so Paul says you want to know how to be saved you need to believe mm-hmm. on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved you in your house mm-hmm. hold it there we're gonna take this literally the jailer could believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and save his whole family without them ever knowing Jesus Christ mm-hmm. That's what he says yeah, yes yeah are being literal mm-hmm. believe on the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. thou shalt be saved and house. thy house all right. so stipulate with me will you he's telling you what you need to do but it's going to produce a reaction
2: right.
0: mm-hmm. verse 32 and they spake unto him word the, the word, word of the Lord thank yep. you all that bread is out. and all the written his house and thirty-three says what? He took them the same hour of the night. And he took them the same hour of the night and did what? And, and was baptized he and all his straightway. Uh-huh. Friend, the word of the Lord is more than just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You need to believe. That's why we tell you, faith comes before repentance. <coughs> You have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. When the people of the day of Pentecost cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? You know why they cried out? Because they had believed that he was the Son of God, and now they were in trouble.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Now what do we do? I believe what you're preaching. I recognize he's the Lord of glory. Now what? Uh-huh. Let you ask. Repent. Yeah. Baptize. The Jesus first sang. day was about 5,000? Baptized. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straight. So people use the term except the Lord, or they say, pray the sinner's prayer. And leave people all too often with the mistaken thought that that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's belief. Okay, that's that's the belief on the Lord part. That's Get your heart right with God and believe that he is your savior. And that prompts the question, okay, what action do I take? You believe, you're going to repent. You repent, you're going to be baptized. You're to repent, you're crucified with Christ. If you're crucified, you need to be buried. How do you be buried with Christ in baptism? if you're buried, are you going to stay dead forever? No.
2: You need to rise
0: to walk in the of life through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not difficult. But it's so many times left unsaid that people just walk away thinking, well, that's it. I read an article about the, the resurrection um, and this lady was writing, a good writer, but she talked about and she was just, I think she said nine years old or something, that she asked her mom to pray with her and Gave her life to God. And she's always now living under the, the knowledge that she's saved. Mm-hmm. And the hope she's saved.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the scripture says that unless you obey the gospel,
2: right.
0: the wrath of God's going to come. But how do you obey the gospel? What is the gospel again? Yes, very very resurrection. Very resurrection. resurrection. How do you obey his death? Has he died. Yes, he died. How do you obey his burial. You are buried with him in baptism. How do you obey his resurrection? You receive the Holy Ghost. His spirit who raised Christ from the dead will also raise you from the dead. And it all goes together. So let's not stop at the belief part. Right. That's important. That's absolutely vital. And that's the beginning of a walk with God. Mm-hmm. Friend, is not end all be all. Once you believe, you must obey. Right. or
2: you know, a lot of things too, people use that. You just have to believe to be saved when they minister to people like on their deathbed. They believe in that deathbed salvation, which that can mislead
0: a lot of people. I'll be straight up with you. I'm not going to go into deathbed. <laughs> I'm not going to go into, well, can someone who's uh, crippled and can't move and on no oxygen can't be baptized? Someone said so well. Those are outliers, those are the edge cases. I'm going to leave that in God's hands. Yeah. Okay. All I can do is tell you what God said to me to tell you. Amen. I've been entrusted to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have to tell you what He said, not what I think, I think He meant, he says, right? not what I hope He meant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you I am that ambassador of Christ. That makes
2: sense. Right? That's the first time the that someone tells told you that, what that He sense. said. Pardon me? Right? That's the first time someone told me that. it makes sense. Because I never knew what to do in those situations. Because I didn't want to condemn people. I like didn't want to say so. You know. But now I know what to. It's in God's hands. Hand, hand. You just have to tell them what yeah. the Bible says. But you're not. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've led people to to the Lord on their deathbed, and uh,
1: that's all you can do. You, know
2: what? It
1: you hope it's
0: mm. You hope it's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I've heard people say that they're going to live their life however however and then they said i'm going to be like the thief on the cross